Morning, everybody. Yeah, you know what they say. It's like, you know, silence is golden. Unless you have children, then it's suspicious. It's like, it's like man, those kids have been awfully quiet. You know, and I don't know. I'm, I'm one to just be like, okay, great. It's like they're quiet. They can just chill out, you know. Cynthia so gets that look like, eh, I'm going to go check on them. Because mom usually is the one that gets to clean stuff up. So, oh, Jesus, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness to us and how you have watched over us uh, time and time again. And how you have brought us successfully from the, uh, the first day of our journey to this day. And our trust is that you're going to get us successfully to the end of our journey. And, and what we pray today is that your word would strengthen us for the journey, God, just as, as uh, you, you fed Elijah uh, on his way to, to, to Mount Horeb. God, it, it, you told him uh, uh, that he needed that, that strength to get there. And today, God, we pray that you would uh, refresh and encourage every, every soul and that you would minister your word to us, that you would bring your perfect peace and direction in all of our lives. God, we pray it and ask it in your holy, righteous name. God, say what you want to say in this place, God. God, channel my thoughts and, and say exactly what you intend. God, I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, go with me to Psalm 84. So I was looking at the weather this morning, and it was looking like it might be snowing on the way up here. I was greatly disappointed to find that it was not. You know, I like I like snow. You know. Snow is fantastic. I, I like you know I don't know. Uh, when I worked for Kevin, he would uh, 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 take you know any excuse to cancel work because of the snow. You know, it's like, wow, it's a long ways out there, and, you know, and uh, I was totally down with that, and, and uh, so, you know, Mike and I have carried that tradition into absolute pain as well, and, uh, but you know what I always did when we canceled snow because it was too dangerous to drive to work, so I would always go somewhere, and, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, go, have, go hang out with somebody or go buy something, I don't know, something, have a good time, so. <coughs> Excuse me. God bless whoever refilled the uh, sanitizer up here. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's like I should just slather myself in it. <coughs> you know, it's funny because uh, the past couple of days I've had a couple of different people be like, hey, you don't sound good. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <coughs> funny because I, I, I never get sick anymore. I just get really nasty sounding and, and don't feel good. But never sick enough to actually just stay home. And <clears throat> Oh, well. Uh, so here in Psalm 84. <coughs> Sorry. Um, this is one of my favorite psalms. You probably all heard the song. I think Matt Redman made it popular better as one day and all that stuff. Um, of course, that comes from this psalm. Uh, I'm just going to start in verse 1 because where else would you start? 
And he says, uh, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. And my soul longs, and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow has found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Um, I don't know what your Bible says, uh, but... Uh, the, the heading for this psalm in mine is yearning for God's house. And, uh, and I think that's a really good uh, good way to sum this psalm up. Um, because we go through these places in our life where you know, we, you know, we, we come to church every week. You know, a couple times a week, three times a week. I don't know how many times you're here. Um, and, uh, uh, and yet, <clears throat> you find yourself longing for God's house, longing for the, the presence of God. And it's not that he's not here at church, because he is. But, uh, you know, everybody that I talk to, you know, and then, you know, including the man in the mirror, it's like, man, it's like I am longing for something, looking for him. Yeah. You know, and um, what a great place to be, you know. Precious place to be. It's upsetting as all heck, which makes it all the better. But um, he's, you know, it's interesting that that he says that his soul uh, faints for the courts of the Lord, and um, so we find ourselves in this really interesting place in the church. Um, you know, I, if you were here Wednesday night. That was really fun, and uh, uh, it was great. You know, when Fred's like, "I know exactly when Ron's coming back," and everybody was listening with rapt attention. He's like, "Yes, brother, tell me." They're like, everybody's like getting ready to make a note, put it on the calendar. You know, he's like, "He'll be back when God sends him back," and you and everybody laughed politely. And then as the, you know, you know, I, you know, there was some smiling, may have been some baring of teeth, but um, but you could feel this sense of panic in in the in this church. It's like, what do you mean he's going to come back just sometime? What does that mean? Because if you're like me, you, you like to have everything neat and tidy, and you know you like to like I, I like I don't know. You should see my calendar at work. It's like. Because I have this answering service, and they they put stuff on my calendar for me, and they never do it the way I asked them to. It's close, but never exactly how I wanted it. And I can't just leave it. It's got all the information there, but I can't just leave it. It's like I have to go in there, and I have to format it exactly the way I want it. And and it's got to be on the calendar just right. Got everything in there just so-so. And, you know, everything in its place for everything, everything in its place, right? It's not a right angle. It's a wrong angle. So that's... You wouldn't know it to look at my desk, but that's, that's what I believe. Um, so, <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I'm, I have all this stuff on my desk that I never use, but I, I, I can't get rid of it either. Um, I, don't, I can't explain that because that's not normally how I am. But anyway, um, so it's like, so you mean just someday in the ethereal blue he's coming back? You know? And uh, there's nothing that that uh, the flesh dislikes more than uncertainty. You know, 
And uh, uh, uncertainty is an interesting thing. Um, you know, like when when you if you work somewhere where you just you just go and you you know punch the clock, work and punch out and go home. Uh, you don't really think much about that uncertainty seasonally, typically. Like you know, for for Mike and I, it's like it really depends on what time of year it is, how busy things really are. And so every winter we we go we kind of hit this place of well, I wonder how this winter is going to go. You know, you kind of rub your hands a little bit. And and it was one thing when it was just us. Now we have like six guys and their families that are all like, you know. And it creates more uncertainty, and uh, and that's fun, you know. But the great thing about uncertainty is it forces you to try to find some kind of certainty, some kind of solution, some kind of answer. And you can look all over the place, and you can you can cram every square peg into the round holes you want. But the, the answer to that uncertainty is found in what he's talking about here. My soul longs, it even faints for the courts of God. My heart and flesh cries out for the living God. So, I, I brought up what, uh, the, the story about uh, when Ron's coming back because it's easy to just kind of come to church because that's what we do. And, and we go about our daily life and kind of do our thing and then we show up at church and and just, you know, wait for the showers of blessings and and uh, um, and then just kind of go about our way again. And it's like, well, it's okay because, you know, the, the ministry's got it all taken care of. And while we, you know, the ministry is, is uh, absolutely essential to our success because the, the church is not going to become what it's supposed to be without it, um, you have to... That you know, all the parts of the body have to do what they should do, and uh, <clears throat> um, if you have muscles that you don't use, they they atrophy. Um, you know, I um, you know I was going to the gym and I was doing all this stuff, and I thought, you know, I'm gonna like. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd read a lot of stuff about it, and I was like, I'm going to try going deeper on these squats. Like, because they say you should, like, go, like, you know, get your thighs below parallel with the floor and stuff. And so, I'm like, I want to I do this, you know. And, and I did, and I'm still in pain. <laughs> you know, and, um, and, uh, but you will find muscles doing stuff like that that you didn't know you weren't using. It's like you just kind of assume that everything in your hips and your legs are all working because, you know, you can walk, right? You know, it's like just try that if you don't believe me. Um, so so the body has muscles, right? And so um, in Ephesians 4, God says, or Paul says to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. And so uh, so everybody then has something to do in the body of Christ. And it may not be terribly apparent what it is uh, to you. And uh, and that's okay because we can all pray. And um, and it feels super unproductive. And But if I were to ask you, 
You know, it's like, you know, so John, uh, does prayer change things? See? He knows the answer. <laughs> it Exactly. But, um, but we, you know, we avoid it uh, or, or whatever because it feels like it's unproductive or we think, well, but if I just had something that I was doing that I could point to that's productive, that is doing something in the kingdom, I would feel so much better. Like, yeah, yeah, you would. But it's not the same thing, is it? As, as getting that sense of affirmation from the presence of God. That he, that he loves you because you're you. And, 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 and if you want to find what it is he wants you to do, that's where you find it. You know, because you can go to Bible school and they will train you up and they're going to be like, you're going to be an evangelist. You know, and, and, you know, maybe your palms sweat when you think about, like, driving more than 30 miles from home. And yet, they want you to be an evangelist. You know, they, yeah, I can see God doing that. But, um, you know, the, my point is, is that um, we all have something to do, and we want to find out what that is. You know, and, um, you know, it's, it's like, I guess another example would be like a, like a, on a, a football team, for example. You know, you, it, it's not just, you know, the quarterback's not out there alone facing the other team. He has to have everybody else. Everybody has to do their thing. And uh, and if if there's not the big, like, burly, 300-pound guys that are wide as they are tall, then the quarterback is going to get run over. So you, you need that. And so that's what we have in the body. But it's it's easy to just sit back and do nothing and let the ministry do everything, and and just kind of carry you along. You know, I, I think you've all probably been on a team of some sort or other. You know, whether it was like kickball in elementary school or like at work, where you had that one player on the team, the one team person that was just not really so teeny, and and it was kind of just like. You know, you kind of had to put them on your back and carry them, and and uh, um, you know, and that's all well and good because we are a team, and we do want everyone to to make it successful. That's what God's been talking about week after week after week is yeah. is loving one another and and building up the the body. The edify, the body should edify itself in love, and so and it should come from every joint and every member. So. So we have these individual vocations in the church, but we also have the the body itself has a vocation. The church as a whole has a job to do, and that's to show Christ to the world. And in order to do that, we need more of Him in us as individuals. And 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 as we as we're emptied out of ourselves and come into that place of of, have, of decreasing and having more of Him, and then then. Uh, Everything gets easier. That that loving him and loving one another gets easier, you know, and and all that stuff. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and it's like, well, how do I deal with such and such? It's like, well, you know, it's like, you know, I was really frustrated about this and that, and you know, what do you do with that? It's like, well, you know, you swallow your irritation, tell your flesh no, and you treat them like Jesus. <laughs> they were like, oh, I was hoping you were gonna give me some kind of fairy dust kind of answer. I was like, like hand. And he's like, ah, you know, but that didn't do anything, did it? <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> but 
you know, as we, we draw closer to him, you know, then there there's more of that that happens. Uh, so, um, uh, here in verse 4, it says, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. And and that's a blessing. You know, and, uh, you know, elsewhere in the Psalms, of course, he says that we enter into his courts with thanksgiving. You know, into his gates of thanksgiving, his courts with praise. And uh, great, and we all are familiar with the sacrifice of praise, and the whole idea of praising him even if you don't feel like it. You know, and there, you know, you can that can be. You know, I feel horrible. My life is a shambles, and everything is terrible and despair. You know, and I'm going to praise God. You know, or it could just be actually I, I feel pretty reasonably peaceful ish, but I just feel numb and everything in my life is just kind of going along just and I just feel numb. And I'm going to praise God. Because he's worthy of it. Doesn't have anything to do with how I feel. You know, and and uh, <clears throat> Because, you know, sometimes, you know, they, they say that adulting is really hard. You know, that was not, not even a word when I was a kid. But there, there's a, a lot of things in adulting is I really don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to have to do it anyway. It's like I'm going to have to do the dishes now because there's not a clean dish in the house. So I'm going to have to, you know. And um, I've, been, I've been waiting for my roommate to do it, and he's not going to, so I'm going to hire John. And <laughs> or I'm going to go out of, out of town and ask John to house it for me. And I, I haven't done that because I don't have pets, but I'm thinking about it anyway. Um. <laughs> yep. So I mean, if you want your house cleaner than you left it, then have have John watch your house for you while you're gone. You're welcome. Anyway. Um, uh, so now we're actually getting down into kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, it says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them. And uh, I always find it interesting um, how there, you have all these words in italics that they're not really there in the, in the original language. They're just kind of there to give the sense a little bit. You know, and, and in this case, you don't really need them. Like blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they, or no, blessed is man whose heart, whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways. You don't need the of them, you know. And and this word means highways, and and it's and it's used as like a manner of life. And so, uh, and so he's talking about having finding this strength in the presence of God, and and having your heart in in the way. In his way, because uh, you know, there's. He said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." And uh, you know, I know the way to a lot of places, um, but that's not, that's not necessarily the way he's talking about here. He's talking about a manner of life, and um, and, and but that manner of life really is a highway. It's a road, and and it's that narrow road that that leads to everlasting life, and. Uh, but it's precious because he doesn't say blessed is the man uh, whose strength is in his own ability for his heart's in the way. And he doesn't even say blessed is the man whose strength is the ministry for his heart's in the way. He says whose 
whose strength is in God. And and so it makes uh, you know all the difference in the world to find that answer from God uh, for the things that you need. It's not nearly as easy um, as just picking up the phone and being like, hey, what do you think about such and such, so and so, and blah, 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 blah. And, and I'm not minimizing that or saying that you shouldn't do that. It's a blessing, you know, to be able. There, I don't know how many times I have just needed somebody with some skin on to bounce something off of and give me, kind of point me in the right direction. Uh, but um, there is is such a blessing in in coming to a place where only God can fix your problem, where only God can give you an answer to your problem, where only God can make you feel like. Things are going to be all right. So he says in verse 6, Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well, and the rain also fills the pools. This is a really interesting verse uh, when I started digging into it a little bit. Of course, uh, uh, Baca means weeping. And so you go through places in life that feel like that. And, um, um, you know, I'll be honest, I, I, I miss the Ricelys terribly. I wish they were here. We, Cynthia said she was listening to a sermon in the car the other day and Levi's I was like, oh, it's so good to hear Ron's voice. Know. You know? And, um, you know, we were watching one of the, those uh, when they were streaming one of the services, uh, the kids were like, there's Ben! Oh my gosh! Ah! <laughs> like, can we go to Honduras? I miss Ben! You know? And, uh, and so we all miss them. I'm not, not, you know, finding fault with that at all. Um, but to to have to transfer that sense of um, dependence directly to to him as opposed to to the ministry um, is is what the ministry is for. That's what the ministry does. And and so you know uh, it's like this is kind of what Ron's been pointing us towards all along. You know as is you know looking past him. To, to to look to the Lord. Um, so, but he says here, passing through the valley of weeping, make it a well. And uh, you know, I was thinking about this, and I was looking up all these things in Genesis where they they dug all these wells and stuff. And that's a completely different word. I was kind of surprised to find, um, because you know, it, well, I was thinking about in John four when he meets the woman at the well. And it's like this was this well that Jacob dug. And I was thinking, wow, Jacob went through this experience and he dug this well uh, and named it after this, you know, in, in connection with his experience that he had. And all these, like, millennia later, uh, these people are, are still, you know, drawing from that well. Um, um, and so I was kind of surprised to find that this is a different word because that... Um, that is a really precious thought um, because you know, in your life you will go through places that you could only describe as the valley of weeping and and you will find yourself making a well and, um, and, and getting something from God that you couldn't get any other way, but you'll get it because you've got to have something that only He could provide. Um, but to take that back to that idea of Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman at the well, like all those years later, that well is still there. 
and and all these the 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 descendants of Jacob are now benefiting from the from this well. So you'll go through things in your life where you'll dig a well in the valley of weeping, and and you'll talk to somebody else that is in this valley of weeping, and you're like, and you can tell them, well, actually, you know, if you go right over here, there's a well, and and you're gonna find what you need there in the well, and. Uh, um, <coughs> You'll go through things and you'll think, this is the most pointless, stupid thing I've ever been through in my life. This is just dumb. And and yet, you'll come through it and, and you'll look back at the, at, the, at the valley and think, wow, I wouldn't have traded that for anything. And then when you meet somebody and you can tell them where to find the well, where, you can, where to find the well in that valley of weeping, you'll be really glad that you went through there and, and dug the well. So he says, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. And, and actually this word is more commonly used to mean a spring or a fountain. Um, so which kind of has a different connotation to it, you know, because in a, in a, in a spring or a fountain, typically the water is moving. Um, so, uh, and he says, uh, and this is the part that I thought was really, really interesting. And he says, the rain also fills the pools. Um, and uh, this word pools doesn't mean like a, a low spot that's like a puddle that's filled with water. This, this means uh, blessing or benediction. And it, like I don't think anywhere that I could find does it mean anything about like a body of water. And so and so he talks about this 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 rain that you encounter there that it that it that it covers is another word for fills or that it covers the the blessing. That, that you have, that there's just such an abundant blessing in that valley of weeping. Um, Mark Rutland wrote this book called The God of the Valleys, and if you've not read it, you should. It's awesome. Um, and in it, he he talks about this valley specifically. But uh, um, in the beginning of the book, it's really precious because he talks about how, um, you know, a lot of Christianity just wants like a nice, comfy armchair experience from God. It's like you know, I just you know, I just want to be carried through life in, in a in a pillowed litter and uh, you know, and then pie in the sky, you know, and and that's what we all want, right? It's like you know, you know, I want to be fanned and fed with grapes in my litter and just you know, take me to the pearly gates. But, but you know, and and he and he says, you know. God is, is so good to us that if, if all you really want from God is just an armchair, He might give it to you. But you will miss out on on the, the drama and the glory of God coming through for you in the valley. And and if you've been through one of those experiences, you know I wouldn't take that back for anything because then you get to sit around the campfire and be like, there I was. You know? And it's like, and... You know, showing showing your scars, like there I was, and and uh, and God came through for me, you know, because of course we all, you know, we tell that story of, of how we overcame. Um, so there, but there's just there's such a blessing in letting God take you to that valley place, and so you can you can go there, on uh, because the this this highway that we talked about in verse 5 passes right through this valley. And you can go there 
kicking and screaming and and resisting and and thinking, no, my Christianity is actually more the kind of happy go lucky type sort thing. Or you can you can follow him there and uh because he's going through there and you you're going to go where he went. You're gonna go the way that he's going and where he is is where you want to be. Because uh, I can tell you that you'd rather be with him in the Valley of Weeping than alone on the mountaintop of, of um, you know, blowing a kazoo or something. So, because um, it would be about that empty. So he says they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appears before God. Now, and... Uh, You, you miss out on that that strength without going through the valley place, and 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 there's a there's a, a strength that comes in finding out how dependent you are on him because you realize that that strength comes from him and and you find it in those places and um uh so it's it's kind of one of those conundrums of, of Christianity that you you come to this place of being totally weakened and, and broken and, and relying on Him and you come out of it stronger than ever because it's His strength in you that does what it does. So He says, Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold, O God, our shield and look upon the face of Thine anointed. For a day in Thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. So, where, where else would you want to be but, but where He is? I like and then uh, in the margin here he says I would choose rather to sit at the threshold of the house of my God and uh, which is interesting I I don't know the idea of I I would be happier just standing at the door you know looking in at all the you know all the the, the lights and the revelry and and and, uh, and everybody having a good time I'd rather just stand in the doorway and and feel like I was a part of that than to than to have a place of my own uh, in in wickedness. So, and then he just he says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield, and the Lord will give grace and glory, and no good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. The Lord post blessed is the man that trusts in me. So, that's a precious thing to to have settled in our hearts. Like, you know, it's like, well, I, I was really hoping that God would do X, Y, and Z for me, but I don't know. That's probably, you know, probably not gonna. No, I don't know if that's something He would do or or whatever. Nobody says no good thing will He withhold from them to walk uprightly. No. And um, I mean, so no. so like I said, you know, we we all have this. There's this sense of of God brooding over the church. And 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 we we feel like this odd mixture of that and and just this angst of it's like I just I'm looking for him you know like uh, like when you read Songs of Solomon and, and she's like you know walking the streets at night it's like have you seen him and I'm looking for him and uh, you know and, and God's just encouraging us he's like hey you know come and you know come and seek me you will find me. And and you'll you'll come through this place, blessed, and 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 you'll look back and you'll have not 
traded it for anything because what you want for your life is is to show Christ to the world. And and so God knows how to uh, <clears throat> get our life to the place where uh, where they can really see Him and 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 nothing else because that's what you really want. So Jesus, we just we thank you and praise you for your goodness, and we just we glorify your name and we pray that you would do in this place today what only you could do. God, that you would. Meet us in this place, God. I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. God, we're blessed to be in this place this morning. I'm blessed to gather with the saints. Uh, God, and to, to be where the uh, the Word of God is, is uh, broken open and distributed. God, and what we pray is that today uh, that we would uh, receive it exactly as you have uh, intended it, Lord, and that... Uh, that we would go in the strength of that word, God, from this place today. God, that today what we want is for you to lead us through the service, God, to have your way and do exactly what it is you want to do, uh, God, and that uh, that we would follow you and that we would receive uh, with uh, gratefulness and humility, God, everything that you would say to us, and that we would offer you the praise that you are so worthy of. God, we pray it and ask it in your righteous holy name. Amen. Yeah.